Welcome to Process Movement, where I, Ben Clement, explore people's relationships with their creative practices, as well as how they move and are active in the world through art, athleticism, and lifestyle. In this episode, I speak with the talented Mr. Wicks, who is a Dutch Surinamese DJ, creative guru, connector, and now restaurant owner from Amsterdam. Wix made a name for himself through the mid-90s as a DJ, spinning mostly hip-hop and R&B, and also house, breakbeat and dub. Those familiar with the Amsterdam nightlife will know the famous club Paradiso, where he became a resident DJ, and that spawned a lot of where he is now. Through his curious and social nature, Wix has gone on to work with the likes of The School, Kamal Williams, Pagal, Pata, and a whole range of artists, musicians and brands alike. We met in Amsterdam a while back and we've connected over our love for food, music and style. Our conversation here dips into all of these things. We talk about fear, confidence, setbacks and what it means to connect people to help them to do great things. Wix has a wonderful and infectious outlook on life and I love learning from him. And I hope you find something in this conversation to take away with you too. Enjoy the listen. Exactly. <laughs> um, All right, bro. Man, well, I was thinking like just why I was thinking of asking you to, to be involved because I think just for like context, um, I think we met through Kev probably. Yes. Kev is yeah, like the, the great connector um, he is. of people. And I think for me, I was always admired like how kind of curious you were always asking questions and how you kind of seemed to to be working away on like different things all the time whether it was food or music or like some other kind of project or something to do with like movement and fitness and and how you join all these things together in just like a pretty natural way so I think mm to kind of to understand like a bit more of like what makes you you let's start like let's go right back to the beginning and go like what is your journey what what was your pathway that led you to where you are now yes good uh good question i think the curiosity is really the fundamental of everything in that sense you know uh as a as a child i was always very curious in how things work uh, and the and and um, very social, so I had uh, I see that with my kids now, um, that we all have like this very like almost um, yeah like um, yeah bringing people together and be and 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 being empathetic to other people is very something that is really yeah that that's something that I always had. And I was brought up like this, always in big groups. My my dad always, um, and still does uh, uh, amateur soccer trainer, and he was always keen on on bringing people together. He's almost the youngest in a family of nine. They always come to him, and also, it was a way for him uh, to keep us off the streets, you know. So. We were always playing soccer. We're always in big groups. We always have people around for dinner. So, the I think the combination between being very like emphatic, social, and being curious on how things work is really what uh, 
what is what is yeah the fundamentals of who I am and how my journey started. So from from that then, as you you know became like a teenager and kind of like a young adult, like what were the what were the earliest kind of experiences or, or things that started to kind of click in your mind that you're like, oh man, I'm I'm really interested in this or I can see something in this or I can feel like a you know, there's like a feeling that gravitates you or pulls you towards certain things within culture. Yeah, I think the first time mm, I saw this kid literally I live in the West. I was brought up in the West. I live in the West right now. And I remember on a big square called Suriname Plain. This uh, I think it was Suriname had a had a big boom box on the street. You know, when people used to play music on a boombox and walk around. What year, what year was this? I think it was in the 80s somewhere. And I saw this kid and I never, I still see it as, as uh, uh, yesterday, you know. I can see, picture that, that in my mind. That was music. And then as I said, you know, like my, my dad always pushed us to play soccer and, and do sports. But when I, when I really yeah got the bug for music this is where everything started clicking and then very naturally also because i was very again i was curious my first uh my first girlfriend's brother was really into like jazz music and acid jazz and hip-hop and you know they were the first ones to take me to paradiso concert hall where 10 years after i started working as a programmer, but always going to parties alone uh, from that moment, always observing people, how they, how they move, what they, what they wear, what music they listen to. So it's, it was kind of like my own, it was almost like anthropology, you know, like you're doing your own. Um, like an analysis or. Research. Yeah. Like a, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was researching constantly by going, going to like these physical places where you had to like, you know, stand in front of the door, the bouncer would let you in, you know, and then from there on the journey starts, music, people, everything, you know, and I was always very curious. And as I said, I always went, I always went out alone. I never really, I didn't mind to go out alone because I, I would always meet people, you know? Yeah. And then from there on, um, I used to love biking. Uh, but my dad, my parents never gave me a bike because we live in the city and it was scary. And I remember that when my brother got his first bike for his birthday, the next day his bike was stolen. <laughs> so my parents were like, you know what, we're not giving you any bike. So I mean, that's, I that's like classic Amsterdam as well, right? So classic Amsterdam. And I remember like my my brother coming up from the stairs, literally crying to tears like I've never seen him cry so hard you know and then my my parents really never bothered giving me a bike but I always figured out a way to get a bike and what I would do I would like bike from the west side literally around the corner here all the way to the southeast without there was no google map just to figure it out go to my to my cousin's house and I would love to like just bike around the city and then I, I discovered museum plan and a museum plan they were always skating and uh, they were always playing basketball. So I would just, I, once in a while, I would just go there 
and have a look, you know, check out what these, you know, what, what this skating was about. And then uh, when I figured out a way to like have more confidence to go out and stuff, I used to go to this, go past this first kind of like skate store where they used to sell like Stussy and Hayes and all these brands and skateboards and this legendary skater who passed away, unfortunately, last year uh, called Clyde. Yeah, they really took me under his wings. There were turntables there. I figured out at home how to mix a tape, a tape to a record. Oh. And then there were turntables there. It was so sick. And then he was like, yeah, start playing. And then the next day, Edson from Pata was there and he was playing there every day. And then Edson said, you know what? Come to the Divo because I had a, a stack of little records and come play. And from there on, it went from, yeah, curiosity, going into the unknown, figuring it out, connecting with people and overcoming like, you know, all these like uh, adversities and, yeah, connecting, going, and just from there on, it was just one, uh, one long sprint. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> did it? Did it feel like? Uh, did you feel like a like a confidence, or or did it feel like a like if someone if Edson's like, oh, come and come and DJ or or whatever? Did it feel like I'm ready for this, or were you? Was there like some fear? No, there was always a bit of fear but i would say the naiveness overcame the fear you know i always used to like jump in the water without thinking you know like i would like have something in my head like i want to do this and i would just go instead of like all right let me figure out how to get there the process wasn't really my thing <laughs> i would just go and while i was in it i would just figure it out uh once you get older, you you know that the process is as important as that first spark that gets you going. But in essence, I just jump. I never really, <laughs> never really figure it out. Now you got Google and, you know, one thing that really, that put fear, not even fear, but like made me a little bit insecure was the fact that I never finished school. So I, I would literally... You know, when I did my summer jobs, cleaning uh, in, in airplanes and working at the bank and figure out how uh, there's also other stuff that I can do. I could work in a record store and I can be a DJ. I would always like, yeah, still be a bit insecure. Like, yeah, but I didn't finish school. So how valid is this or, or can I really make a living off this, you know? So that 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 was always something in the back of my mind that, that 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 put a little bit of fear in my heart. It's almost like, do you feel like you were almost trying to prove something to yourself by going like, I need to I need to like validate what I'm doing. Somehow. Oh yes, yeah, 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 definitely, and and a lot also to my parents, obviously to my father, and I think I I told them that I was DJing and that I was making money of it literally six years uh after i started you know yeah, wow. uh, or maybe a little sooner i remember that the the, the infamous at kadafitz uh was dating the sister of my girlfriend back then 
and we and we became friends and he used to fly me over to his house to dj and watch watch games and you know and then i started working uh, on projects with nike direct and i started working projects with wyden and kennedy and then i told my dad and he was like oh hey you're really doing this but my mom always gave me like the green light my 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 dad that's maybe part of being a dad you know but he's always like yo finish this or why don't you do this and you know it was always a bit like cautious with me making decisions but yeah i think five six years into the into the into following my passions i i i i found the courage to tell my dad <laughs> yeah I, f I think we all have a bit of that in us especially when it comes to like the arts right like you oh yeah 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 definitely this kind of anxiety around like will i make it am i gonna fail or you know what will people think of it kind of thing definitely like, even if you especially if you're like kind of naive right you're like i don't even know what i'm doing yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and that naive you need you need that as well to sometimes get started you know otherwise you will never do it like i i became a partner in a restaurant uh within the last <laughs> the last two months if i overthink if i overthink it it will never happen or we, we, we sometimes you just gotta go and that's what we did yeah i feel that i feel that so yeah. in those kind of like i guess you call it like formative years or like really pivotal years where you were like kind of riding your own wave what was what was the more like prominent thing was it like djing and kind of around music or did it start going into like these kind of big creative projects with nike and, and whoever um it was i think the the first real step into taking it serious was the moment i figured out that there was a way to monetize djing after i played a concert after i after a concert was finished at the melkweg so you had paradiso melkweg and if the black ips or, or whoever tribe called quest would perform there was always a slot between the end and the next night and that slot i was djing with a friend of mine that also used to work at the record store and then one i remember it also as today like like really vivid like uh i was laying in bed i was like yeah but what if i just asked the the uh, the promoter if i if i can take uh, a percentage of the door after after everybody came and i remember calling my my friend like yo i'm going to do this you with me and we did it and then it started clicking like art and commerce coming together you know like i could i could i can make some money with this passion and then parallel to that the nike stuff very also came very uh natural and that really uh evolved and progressed into figuring out how i yeah built teams around me and people so also my communication skills my network how to like in an integral way monetize it and you know and that was more that was more of a process but the dj thing figuring out oh you can be passionate about something 
within the arts and you can make money off it and still be true to yourself. I think the DJ, uh, the moment I, I started the DJ and monetize and started doing parties, that's when it all started clicking. And the Nike stuff was parallel to that. Was very important too, but the DJing was 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 what make it made it really solidify into something that was mine. Yeah, I feel that it's almost like you you're following everything that's like what you're into, like and the the, the kind of cultures and, and communities that you're around, and then anything next to that is like a bonus, right? If you can maintain yeah. who you are and what you what you're about. It's funny because uh, my older peer, who is um, one of my favorite DJs, he also took me under his wing. He had this very famous party called Baseline. It still exists. It's the oldest hip-hop party in the Netherlands. Um, and he, we used to do this cooking, cooking night every Tuesday at his house for like years. We always had a chef friend of ours and we would just invite people. And we were always like, you know, getting drunk at one point and we would tell each other what we think. And he used to call me like chameleon, like a chameleon. Yeah, because you, 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 you take different shapes and colors and you talk to everybody. And, and I used to think that was a negative thing. And now I've, I understand like, if you nuance that, not about being a chameleon, it's about can you can you understand? Do you have empathy? And can you really listen to what other people say, think, and what their passions are? How can you connect with them? And now I see that as a skill set. But back then, it felt a little bit negative because, yeah. Yeah, especially when you kind of like look up to someone, you're like, oh, damn. Is that, yeah. Is that what I want to hear? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, we had a fallout for a couple of years, but now we, we I mean, for, I mean, it's part of growing up, you know, like, um, like it was kind of like the, the sensei uh, student, student thing, you know, I really had to come under his, come away from under his wing and, and, and do my own thing. But I think, yeah, empathy and 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 the art of bringing people together is that's my passion i think and and you use everything music art food i think food music architecture uh, 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 art i think music music and and, and food is so important mm, mm. they kind of like they're like the great connectors right or they break down barriers they break down barriers. Before we had sound systems, we probably just had food sitting around a campfire with each other and, and, and break bread, you know? I think in essence, you know, if you if you go to a great restaurant, that's about, that's it, you know? The bread is always the best part, right? It's basically the best part, for sure. <laughs> but, I, but one of the biggest passions is still to like have a, have a restaurant that turns into a full club every night. I you know, I, I would love to, I would love to create that. So I still have a half a lifetime to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I'm really interested in like, in just some of maybe your, your process to how you, how you like to create things. So when, when you're working on a project, whether it's something that you instigate or if someone you're like collaborating with someone, like, how do you like 
to your work and, and what kind of process do you like to take when you do things? It's different components, different ways. Like sometimes I, w- I would, I would um, a lot of times actually, I call it the Mr. Wolf uh, approach. Okay. So a lot of yeah, a lot of time people come with creative um, uh, problems, like they fi- they have uh, an idea or a brand came to them. Uh, for instance, like I had a really small. Um, this designer asked me in 2016. He was in contact with Red Bull for a year, and he is a textile designer. They wanted him. The brief was very open. Like, uh, can you create a vision during ADE of the future of clubbing as a textile designer that has maybe nothing to do with clothing, right? Which is a is an interesting brief. But for me, because I was always observing and I was always, you know, kind of like the anthropologist Apology part of me would always I could never separate music, fashion, all this. I could never do that. But you know as well as I that a lot of brands they don't think like that. Especially when you look at sports at at at, at brands like Nike. Back in the days it was categories. Yeah, right? I remember that. Yeah, exactly. Running, but, but, but I would never look at it like that. So it, to me it was all interconnected. So if a if a brand X asks a textile designer to figure out a vision on the way people party, to me that's that's an amazing opportunity to bring all those elements together. And he came to me like, "Can you help me with this?" And I had a really small stake within the whole thing, and from getting the, a new producer on board to the narrative to getting all these all these elements that he's a cent, he and the brand was center of to bring us all, all all together to me that's the that the Mr. Wolf approach you know yeah. you have a problem how can we, how can we get rid of this body <laughs> you know <laughs> and, and and yeah that's the, you, that's when you call me so that's a lot of the times uh how i work Nice. Or you know, so during 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 two lockdowns, this um, one of of not one, he is the the most streamed rapper in Holland. Had um he had um a partnership with Tommy Hilfiger, which was very basic, no brief. Like we have a studio of three hundred square meters. You have your music. And you're following. How can we do something? Oh yeah, and we have a neon signing. Can you put the neon signing any everywhere in the in the performance? And and he, his manager called me like, yeah, this is a very this is not a brief. <laughs> so let's 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 figure this out. So I connected him with a with a light designer, and yeah, we came up with something that. I know as a as a blueprint, Tommy Hilfiger still uses, which is fine. But that's how I I work. And then the most most of the time now, with for instance with the restaurant, those are passion projects where I need to figure out how to do things. 
you know i need to call a mr wolf sometimes yeah like you're almost creating your own brief or like exactly like diving in at the same time while like creating it right and sometimes it's hard because if i need to explain to people what i do it's tough you know like and also when people ask me yeah but what do you do exactly you know, I do a little bit of everything. Do you, <laughs> you like answering I mean? that question, or, or like how no, do you I hate, answer I, it? I I I I I hate answering it. So if 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 the people in front of me that don't work for a brand and have humor, I would say it's Robin Hood theory, and they were like, "What?" This yeah, we steal from the rich, so we give to the poor. In the sense, we take resources from big brands and we give it to the artists. That's what I do. I make sure we do that. And we build amazing projects together. And the communication and the link between those, those two entities, this is where I sit, you know? And sometimes, you know, when it's really corporate people, yeah, I, then I say I do culture marketing because everybody's talking about culture marketing, but they don't really know what, what is culture marketing. You yeah, know? they need it's, to go away and understand something, right? They need to be like, oh, I get it, I get it, but... But what the same is for you, you, you know, running and a movement it, that's in your DNA, you know, so you don't even need to explain it to yourself. But it's um, it it's sent that you it makes so much sense that you work within that space, and I guess also w- within that space you can do multiple things, from photography to literally, you know, figuring out your best training schedule and and linking up with nutritionists and stuff like that. It's all part of it, you know, and that's culture because that's what people do, you know, to, to, you know. It's almost like uh, everything's like a a melting pot, right? Like nothing is, it's not the category is separated. Everything has to be interconnected. It's almost like creating a dish, you know, you're you're not creating – the best dishes are created maybe with two or three ingredients. If you can make that, but if it's sometimes it's multi-layered and very, you know, then it's like an, it's almost like, yeah, when you, it's like creating a painting, you know, like, um, what's that, what's that Mexican thing they, they make that brown, you know what I mean? I've, I've heard that or, or, or even, or, or even like um, like spices when, from the Middle East, you know, the way they layer spices on top of each other or, or in the Indian food, man. Wow. The way they layer spices on top of each other and it still makes sense. It's also very healthy for certain things. Wow. That's like, to me, that's culture, you know, that's how, that's how you build. That's how you build culture. Yeah. Man. It's, 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 it's everything. And people right in the middle of that, you know. Yeah, instead of just like thinking of it in like there's a linear, like in like step A to step B, it's it has to be like more you know circles yeah. backwards forwards up. Like there's no Definitely. start point and end point. No, not at all, not at all. And once you figure that out, it's also uh, opening up Pandora's box in the sense because how can you explain that to people? You know, because mm. yeah, usually, yeah, that's that, that's why personal projects and working with other creatives and brands is, yeah, 
That's what's keeping me going. And sometimes you explain, you, you can go deep philosophically like we do now, but a lot of times I just don't bother, <laughs> you know? <laughs> No. Yeah, yeah. Right. Sometimes cool. you don't need like the the deeper meaning to to things. You just do it because you like. Yeah. Love it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. I was I was recently I I noticed like you know all through the summer you've been doing a lot of work in Paris with Stefan Ashpool of mm-hmm. like Pagal. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's like a multitude of like projects from like music performances to like art projects and stuff. Um, so when you're like collaborate with, with your friends, like do you approach those the same way or is there, is there like a different way? And what, what makes, what's exciting about that kind of way of working for you? Mm, yeah, Stefan is a, is a very interesting one because he's also my friend, as you said, you know. Um, and with Stefan, it's almost like you cannot, you need to ride his wave. He's so he's so brave and creative that you're just hanging on with him on the wave. And sometimes he'll just look at you and then, okay, shall we do this or that? But he intuitively knows where he's going. He knows what he wants. He's insecure a lot of the times because that's what, what real creatives are as well. Mm. But with him, it's like idea opportunity execution boom let's go you don't ask questions you just go and because you work on the big stage on a global stage you work in paris yeah you, you the the work has is very explosive you know and it makes a lot of impact and i like that and i love that and i love to be around super super creative people that are even more creative than i am to you know, have a role within the process that is more of like, you know, I'm one of the I'm one of the eleven players, you know. And 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 yeah, it's 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 a I take and I and I get a lot of inspiration from working on a level like that. We always call it Champions League level, <laughs> and then sometimes you go back and you you don't play Champions League when you work for a client. But it gives you so much insight, you know. It's it sharpens up the tools. Does that give you the confidence to like do the restaurant then, right? Yeah, it's funny. I, we had a conversation about it, you know. Like um, I saw him this weekend, and uh, there's also there's also uh, a part of doing stuff on your own, working with people that sometimes doesn't go well. You know, when we did the store with the, the Pata Boys, it didn't go well, and that really. Yeah, it, it 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 shaped me in in one in one uh, at one point, and I really had to ask him like, "Yo, I'm gonna do the restaurant. What do you think?" And he's like, he's like, he said to me like, "I have no doubt you're gonna do this and you're gonna do this well, but you need to you need to figure out how that thing that that happened to you ten years ago make it make it." make it your power don't make it something that keeps you a little bit hesitant you know like that always jumping in the water and then figuring it out i lost that a little bit while i got older because you know there's not only success stories it's also the adversities that shape you and i really needed and i really needed to talk to my buddy about that like 
yo, I'm going to do this restaurant. How am I going to do this? He's like, you're going to be fine. Just go, go back to that power. And uh, yeah, he definitely gives me all the, yeah, as a friend to friend, gives me the, the confidence also that you need sometimes to, to get something going and get it started. Yeah. So amongst like all of this that goes on, let's, let's talk about like movement because yeah. I think when I met you, like you were doing like calisthenics, you were doing like things at the head, head gym and like also, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you have the same kind of curiosity around moving as you yeah. do with like your yeah. kind of creative practice. So like, what are you doing at the moment? Like, what is your relationship to movement? Yeah, the relationship to movement, I'm a little bit, uh, I, so let me start from the beginning. Uh, always playing soccer and always being pretty lean, but but because of like um, being in nightlife, not a lot of sleep, uh, nutrition was kind of low. I was always kind of like slim, but with a little pot, like a little belly, like, and I was always, this was always fucking with me. Like, but then once I, one time I, I was at a, a party of my family and at my mom, my, my parents' house, a letter came from the government. If we wanted to be part of this, like, um, uh, national like inc- like was it inquiry or like they were trying to figure out why there was so much um, uh, cardiac car- uh, disease um, obesity but among Surinamese people and people from the Caribbean okay we wanted to take part of that and I read the letter and and I said it we we had a discussion with the rest of the family because a lot of people are struggling with these diseases right in my family and a lot of them also died and I asked some of them, did you also get this letter? She's like, yeah, we also got, but they put it aside and it stuck with me. And I was like, and I, and I never forgot about it. And also, you know, I love my mom's cooking and stuff, but it always, you know, it always gave me. So I struggled doing a lot of stuff with uh, kickboxing and running and but nothing happened. I was like, hell, this is like 10 years ago. Like, What's going on here? Then my ex-girlfriend's employee that worked for her, her husband, they live in Austria right now. He's like a crazy movement guy. I don't know if you met or saw some of his stuff while you live in in Holland, but he's called Rutger van der Zee. And he started a, a movement, literally a movement company, but he had no clients. And he was like, and then my ex-girlfriend was like, yeah, maybe you should talk to Rutger uh, about, because I was working for Holland's biggest uh, DJ, EDM DJ called Afrojack. Oh, yeah, I remember him. Uh, you remember him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I did all his graphic design, all his wardrobe. And within, within, within the process of working, he was like, yeah, I need a personal trainer. You know, he was also a big guy, but like, DJ, a little, you know, fat and stuff, drinking. And I was like, oh, let me link Rutger with him. It was his first kind of couple of weeks where he started the company. And literally a week later, he was a 
two months on a private jet with him, you know, going to all these places, taking care of Afrojack. Came back. Rutger wasn't the best in... Um, his social skills weren't the best, but he was that super nerd that figured out everything. And he was like, okay, let's have coffee because first of all, I want to thank you for, you know, getting me this client and what do I do from here? I was like, all right. And then I was like, you know what? If you help me figure this shit out, <laughs> I help you with your business. I linked him with Nike and stuff. And then he started training me, uh, I think, yes, 10 years ago in the park, in the winter in Vesta Park, two times, a, two times a week. And we started literally catastatics, movement and, and, and power. And I couldn't even do a, a, a chin up. And I was, what was it? Yeah, I was like 30, 33. And from there on, I got so curious into everything that he laid the basis for uh, catastatics and movement and, and power, but also nutrition. So I started fasting with him eight years ago, for instance. Wow, yeah. Like, like, like teaching me how to do it. And then from there on, I just kept very, um, again, curious on how can I improve my skill set? How can I improve longevity? How can I? So what I'm doing right now is a lot of, because I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I miss a training buddy. I'm gonna, not going to lie to you. I'm doing this stuff alone. And sometimes hard, right? because I, it's so hard, but I live literally two steps from the gym. I live at the school. I have, I live in this, I live in this artisan resident for two years already. This is my last two months, oh, but really? I had the rest. Yeah. Yeah. I had the restaurant is still in front of my house and the gym is literally, I go out the house and I'm in the gym. That so gym I'm is doing a lot of, too. uh, that that's where I started. Literally, I'm the I'm I'm one of the first uh, people that went there because Rutger was 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 um, he set up the first layout of the of the gym was created by him, so all the monkey bars and stuff. So I went I went with him. I went through kind of like from more creating more movement in my my body to uh, uh, upper like. Uh, yeah, like strength training and now I'm really into like lifting like like doing squats and and, and uh, yes because I'm doing a lot of like I'm checking a lot of podcasts about longevity and also about uh, metabolic health so it's a lot of it's a lot of um, strength training at the moment so uh, and uh, but I need to get the, uh, the next phase is cardio I need to get the cardio back up Nice. What do you reckon you're going to do? Running or cycling or like? I, I think I'm going to do a combination of cycling and like a short sprinting, like yeah. really powerful, like uh, how you say. So not, not necessarily long endurance running, but more interval, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I need to, I, I really want to go into that. So that's, that's my next curious, like, where I want to go, but I need to put more muscle on, on my body as well. So this is where I am at right now. And, 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 and still like uh, movement training, you know, like putting, putting, putting more, uh, yeah, I need to have more uh, range of motion. 
or a lot of stuff. So is that is that kind of stuff like? Is it, it feels like it's a little not experimental, but there's like there's a lot of different ways of moving, and rather than just like, I mean, you have your classic like lifting and stuff, right? But then mm, yeah, yeah, there seems to be this these kind of different ranges of, and it almost looks like playful, right? Yeah, yeah. When especially when Rutger was doing the training with me in the gym, a lot of these guys that were doing kickboxing were looking at us like, "Yo, what are these fucking crazy ass motherfuckers?" <laughs> we're like doing like all these like uh, monkey walks and you know all that like like lizard crawls and stuff. Um, I mean, the, you can read a lot about it, but if you don't have range of motion, the rest of your performance is going to uh, suffer basically that's it you know if you want to do long distance running but your achilles are like short or busted or you don't have yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to perform so you need to put more um range in your motion you know and, and that's where the that's where also the contradictory comes you want to put muscle on so you focus on that you don't focus on range of motion at one point, you're going to hit a, a, a plateau because, you, like, for instance, I was, at one point, we were training to do a muscle up. And that's basically, you put the rings here, like, the way the the, the guys that and, and girls that do, like, uh, Olympian things, like the, the rings. Oh, yeah. You don't, hold, you don't hold them like this. You put the ring here. But if you're 35... And you never trained something, yo. It was so hard. It took us six months to train that. But we really went from the basics, like putting more motion. Like my shoulders, for instance, my shoulders are too high and they're too short. Like my, it's it's really like. So we were trying to figure out how to put more range in motion, like more range in my shoulders, and my. All this, these uh, muscles here lats. were not, yeah, my lats and stuff, they were not developed because I never used them. So my legs are super strong. So he really went on, he really went scientific on me. And, I, and because he knew more than, than I did, I was like, yo, I don't care how you talk to me. I don't care if you're like, uh, just teach me the fundamentals. And I went in. I went in hard. And at one point, we were doing muscle ups. But because my range was still poor, I was doing muscle ups with one hand. And that's that. Yeah, and that fucked up this part. So then it's by trial and error, right? So then we fixed that part. And then we were like, oh, but maybe at this at this age and the way your body is built, you don't have the muscle memory. Maybe that's not a good uh, um, uh, exercise for you, but we can, st but we can still make your back stronger and, and, and everything around your shoulders so that you're going to get have, uh, uh, more, uh, that your shoulders are more, have more range of motion and are healthier. Mm. And mm. that's where we are. That's where we are. Right. That's why I am right now. Like, the it's it's not necessarily to have to be the best at the thing that i'm doing but how can i yeah create an overall more mobility and strength so that 
yeah, I feel good when I wake up in the morning and that, you know, instead of like, I want to be the best, you know what I mean? So I really went in that, because you do that stuff too, right? Yeah, I like, I try and do, you know, from like yoga to like, I'm in the gym at the moment and then obviously like all the running and I think the same as you, like the curiosity about like, what's, what can I do if I do this? So it's like, sometimes though, like the challenge is like so great and it becomes really frustrating, right? So like, do you like the the challenge or do you, you know, when you get really frustrated, you're like, damn, this is going to take six months. Like, how do you train? Do you like training the mind as well with that? Yeah, eventually it's all, it's a mind game. Huh? I mean, the the body can take a lot, and if if you if you that's a, that's the interesting thing with running. You know, the amount of moments you want to give up, but it's a mind game. You know, it's a breathing game. It's like keep going. So yeah, it's training the mind to do all these like really difficult stuff and and go through adversity. But yeah, it's as much as a mind game as a physical game, and I think it's even more a mind game. You know, how many times you're like, oh, I wanna, I don't, I, I don't wanna wake up, I don't wanna go to the gym right now, you know? But you you still do it, and you still do those like, uh, it's like the one, yeah, like, yeah, man, fuck, it's it's a mind game. I think it's more my game than a physical game at the end. Yeah, of the day. I think so too. Eh? Do you feel like that, like when you are getting to, you know, sometimes I feel like when you, you're training and just moving and you're so separate from this kind of sometimes chaotic and insecure world of, you know, being an artist and creative and whatever. Do you feel like when you get to, to move your body and train your mind do you feel like that informs or helps your creative practice at all like do you do you find any parallels or do you link any of those things together yeah i i and now i'm literally in the process because you know when i went through a pretty tough breakup for instance you know and really took uh took some wind out of my <clears throat> out of my um yeah out of out of like a spark almost yeah it took the spark out of of who i am a little and i really had to find it back and i'm in the process of like figuring out and i think it has it it's it th- there's a connection between me not working out and not being creative mm. I'm really going through that right now. Like if I don't do the necessary routines and working out and, and, and move and stuff, I, I know that I don't feel, I feel it mentally, you know, if if physically I'm not where I want to be or, or, or at least not, not striving to, yeah. Like every day, like, yeah. Doing the maintenance and learning something new. It really messes with my with my with my creativity, so I need it, you know. Mm, and yeah, like and it really, it's a fuel, and it kept me. For instance, you know, I I had a hernia during the during COVID, uh, and I came back of one that took me out for eight months, and then and then yeah, but the second one that came was psychosomatic. Yeah. Wow. So just purely mental. Mental. 
and the physiotherapist that saw me during COVID, but she was not, she was allowed, but you know, wasn't really allowed. She was like, do these exercises. I'm going to massage you, but just know it's psychosomatic. You're going through something really tough right now. Breakup, COVID. Yeah, it was so tough. And walking, just literally walking, saved my ass. I came out of this thing walking. <laughs> just keep walking more like Forrest Gump, you know? Like, just yeah, for- he was running even, but I was walking like a fuck. I mean, I came out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, amazing, yeah. man. Just, I mean, I guess you absorb a lot and there's a lot of time to like think when you walk. They they say, I don't know like the exact science behind this, but like they say when you walk for about 15 minutes and beyond, your heartbeat and your feet sync up and then like oh, wow. your blood flow works really well with your brain. So like, yeah. there's a lot of oxygen and blood flow. And I don't know the exact science, but it, it's something like that. So like walking is like really good for your kind of mental clarity. I, I definitely, I do that now also with the kids when they're around mine. Like after dinner, we go for a walk or even now, like after this call, we're going to go for a little walk, you know? And I, yeah, I, moving really saved me, you yeah. know? Yeah, man. Mentally and, and yeah, so. That's so dope. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. Cool. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to, I want to yeah, quickly was- ask you about some, um, some food stuff while we, before we wrap it up. Cause yeah. I know you like, Definitely. I always have like really fond memories of just eating with you and talking about food. Um, whether yeah. it was like at Kev's house or just at, um, oh, what's the I remember, I remember. I wanted to say to you, we went to Worst. But that's it. Yeah. That place and you is had on, so wild. Listen to this. I know what you had on that day. You had the fresh, uh, I, they were not ACGs, but they're like, kind of like trail kind of runners. Yeah, the Remember? Nike, Nike trail. Yo, and I was yeah. like, yo, what is that? And I found you know, them. Do you know Edson also hit me up and he was like, yo, what are these? And I was like, it's the, it's the Nike trail. And I was like, I just and wear them if, like a little Edson, trainer. Yo, and if Edson hits you up, do you know it's French? I was like, oh man, if Edson's like, telling me this is cool, I was like, damn. But that food, yeah, yeah. that place has got the so bomb food. So listen up. This guy raised me, right? So I used to live around the corner of that restaurant. And as curious as I was and still am when i was djing i always used to live in that area bigger island and when i used to dj i always had cash money so on a monday i would go to toscanini on my own and eat pasta and stuff and shit i I used to do that weekly and then i figured out when we when i moved from bigger island to banners which is literally a 10 minute walk or shorter even I found Marius and Marius was pre-vorst and he was cooking. Yeah. He was cooking in Marius farm to table already. Right. So I went there a couple, but it was always lines outside. It was really like, you know, rock and roll. At one point I, uh, I, I, fuck, I was alone again. I went inside and I had, 
and he was cooking there like he was playing records, you know. And then there was a period that I didn't go. And then when I came back, he opened up next door, Worst. And Worst is a is a funny name because in English it's the worst, right? And if you eat there, you think it's all about meat. But if you actually go there, the 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 greens were really sexy. He, he's even he's even better in in uh yeah in greens. I think so too. That's what was exciting. That was so exciting there. It wasn't even about the meat. It was all about all the other stuff around it. And he knew that, but he called it first. Kind of like, um, uh, he's kind of like a... It's like a reverse reverse psychology almost. Yeah, it's, it's meta, you know? Yeah. It's very art, artsy. Yeah. And um, I got acquainted with him. And I remember at one point he said, yeah, you have kids, right? I said, yeah. yeah. I have a house uh, in, um, I have two houses in the north of Holland, in Friesland. If you want to take the kids there, you're welcome. That's like, and we never really spoke a word. I just ate there every week. So we went there a couple of times. Amazing. Like he has this like, where they used to put like um, uh, 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 horses and he created a house out of it. Like a stable. He created a house out of stable. Then one time I went, I, listen, then one time I went and eat alone because I had a, a meeting with somebody that couldn't come. So I, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go go alone. And he saw that he was working at Marius and he dropped this really big book on, t- on the table. He said, yeah, read this. And it was the Shepanese book. Went to the book, didn't really know who, that, who Alice Waters was. And at one point I see a picture of him. I never really talked about food or whatever with him. It's like, is that you? He's like, yeah, that's me. And then conversation started and then we really started to get to know each other, did a couple of projects with him. And he's now my partner in the new restaurant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's, that's the mic drop right there. Oh, that's the fucking mic drop. But listen, parallel to that, the guy uh, across from the, from my house on the restaurant there, uh, we also got, um, became friends of each other, fans of each other. And he asked me seven years ago, yo, let's do a restaurant together. He's also part of the- Wow, of the, man. You know, so he's at the school. Yeah. He just left three weeks ago after a seven year. He was supposed to be there for five. He stayed for seven. And this opportunity came. We figure out some investors around it. It's on a farm, actually. Wow, the man. restaurant is on a farm. Yeah, yeah. When you come, I'd say we're gonna open up to, tomorrow. Actually, it's on a farm. It's 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 almost seventy percent now farm to table. So all the stuff that we grow there, we we put on your plate, and we're figuring out because like you can get fish ten kilometers away at the best fish uh, uh, I'm and we're talking to all the farmers around and stuff. So. Yeah, it's a passion project that's coming to life right now. And it's my, my the, the two of my favorite chefs, I brought them together and now they're working together on a restaurant. So everything has come like, like full circle and everything is connected. <laughs> yeah, to man. Be like the, the Mr. Wolf bringing everything Mr. together. Wolf. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to have your food with it. You get to have like 
everything the creativity you get to eat there <laughs> listen but this is this is one of the, the funny things like when you hope what when are you when are you coming out man I hope it's supposed to be soon but i'm just waiting on it's it's like waiting on projects and stuff so i yeah. want to yeah i need to i need to look into it and figure it out so when you come, we're trying to figure out this. You heard of farmer's walks? These exercises you do, yeah. So a farmer's walk is, it, it comes from the, from the way farmers literally carry stuff, right? With straight arms. So all these guys doing CrossFit, like Lenny, one of the chefs that is partnering, he's doing CrossFit three, three times a week. I did it one time, it's not for me. Yeah. Because if I look, if I look at people that are better than me, I want to top them, and then I get injured. <laughs> so he's 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 a beast. He like, he's like fit, boom. So he was like, you know what? I'm gonna work on the I'm gonna work on the land for a weekend. He said, ah, right, cool. So him and the farmer, he went there at ten o'clock in the morning. This next day, when he came back, he's like, yo, that shit was the hardest I ever done. I was like. The first part of the day was, that was it. He did the second part as well. He's like, I'm, I'm sore everywhere. I was like, yo, we should do the real farmer's walk there. Like all these CrossFit people that think they're tough, come to the restaurant, you farm with us, you get a, you get a, a three-course meal after, but you really do the work. You know, Instead of like all these, come do the work with us. I think it's going to be a great experience for also people from the city to to yeah get get connected with the land again you know so can there's you, there's so much opportunity as well is there like accommodation there's houses yes there's accommodation there too man you can host like a like a running retreat can, or like a movement retreat or something that's now it you're talking <laughs> <laughs> i love all that that's that's my yeah, whole world. i love thinking like that so when you're when you're ready to come over, I got you your spot, bro. Yeah, I love you. that. Thank you. Oh no man, problem, bro. thank you so, so much, man. First love podcast, it. you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm pumped. I'm pumped.